to the Messiah's Branch Broadcast, a one-hour prophecy program on the American Voice Radio Network, featuring Pastor Dan of the Messiah's Branch Ministry. And now, here's Pastor Dan. Greetings, saints, and welcome to the Messiah's Branch Prophecy. We are broadcasting live from the Flint Hills of Kansas, and we're on the American Voice Radio Network. Today's date is <coughs> September uh, 12th, not September, October 12th, 2023. <laughs> Saints, the world is in turmoil. Most still don't realize it, but we are in that time at the end, and that's the time before Messiah's glorious return. So it's time to get out of sin. The world to look to the Holy City. Look to the one who suffered and died for you. I told you, Israel is a time clock. Look what's going on in the Middle East. This is so sad. So it's time, as it always is, to get out of sin, the world, and look to that Holy City, and look to that one who suffered and died for you. Did you not hear the sound of that so far? You need to get right now before it's too late. Please make the choice for you should tonight. If you need help after the program, call me. I'll pray for you with you. If you get the machine, leave your name, number, prayer request, and or message. The phone number, of course, is my cell phone. I'm giving you that, 316-619-4886. And please text me first to let you know that I'm, let me know that you're calling so I know it's not a robocall. Okay, you can always find updates with the Mission Church, Breaking News, all the information that you need about us at prophecyhour.com. Remember, we're a live radio program. We simulcast live on the internationally. It's on the independent FM station. Four different MP3 streams, Kick, Twitch, Rumble, Phone Bridge, and picked up by most every podcatcher out there. And on another note, let's thank our listener base. Places like Volos, Greece, Sydney, Australia, Toronto, Canada, Salt Lake, and in the United States, Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, Fargo, North Dakota, Dakota, Orlando, Florida, and last week, um, Wheeling, West Virginia was the largest group of listeners to our programs when they podcast later on yeah live radio turned into a thing called a podcast imagine that when i started radio there was no such thing as podcast i i radio archives and nobody else was doing it i were a veteran you know one of the first people in doing it anyway moving right along dear heavenly father and you should have in Jesus name i pray father i pray radio tonight comes out according to your will not our will father and please, please, please give everyone ears to hear and to hear the truth. That's it. To hear the truth, Father. And you should his name. Amen and amen. I'm sorry, folks, if I see a little sketchy because I'm pretty upset about everything that's been going on in Israel. Such atrocities. Just unbelievable. Really, children being beheaded and burned alive. A grandma. Um, a, her, her granddaughter, a grandmother, her granddaughter got a phone call, and it was a terrorist showing them how they were killing their grandmother. I mean, these things, 
this is the Satanistic. Anyway, we're going to bring on Pastor Carl Gallup. She'll have some good insight on what's really going on. He's a best-selling author, a senior pastor since 1987, talk radio host. He's been heard and is heard nationally and internationally on TV and radio all over the world. He's a decorated former law enforcement officer founder of P.P. Simmons News and Ministry Network. He's also a, a member of the Board of Regents at the University of Mobile and Mobile, Alabama. Carl has written 13 books right now. Watch me get that wrong. Okay, anyway, The Rabbi Who Found Messiah, The Magic Man in the Sky, Final Warning, Be Thou Prepared, When the Lions Roars, Gods and Thrones, Gods of Ground Zero, The Rabbi, The Secret Message, The Identity of Messiah, Gods of the Final Kingdom, Masquerade, The Summoning, Glimpses of Glory, and the Yeshua Protocol. And the Protocol will really surprise you. It's really all the books if you haven't read them. Welcome, Carl. Are you there with me? I am here, Pastor Dan. Thank you so much for having me. Love you, brother. Well, I love you too. And I'm, as, as a lot of people, I'm completely upset over what happened in Israel. And I naturally, I always go to your website. I before the radio program to pull it up and I seen you were talking about it and so guess what you know I'm going to ask you about it What what's your perspective on this I listened to part of what you put up but I didn't get a chance to hear it all but yeah give us some encouragement back to you well yes I can give encouragement um, however it, before I get there what I'd like to do is just um set some foundation and some context because there's so much misunderstanding in America in American churches and, and it's largely because of a, um, um, a, a a biblical lack of knowledge and that is largely because in America for a long time most churches, according to all the polls that are taken, this isn't just my little opinion as some pastor out here, but most churches in America for decades have watered down the Word of God, and they've left they've left off the preaching of prophecy and its centrality to the gospel message. It is central to the gospel message because the gospel message is, yes, in Jesus Christ we can be saved, born again. Saved from what? Saved from the coming wrath. Well, when is the coming, what's the coming wrath about? Oh my gosh, it's about the new heaven, the new earth, the new Jerusalem. The, you know, it, it's about the, the throne of God. It's about God tabernacling with us, Revelation 21 and 22. It's about everything he's going to do from here on out, and we are joint heirs with Jesus. See, we've we've relegated salvation to some little children's story it's fire insurance so we quote don't go to hell and in the meantime we get our salvation because we shook a preacher's hand and we got baptized and we joined the church and and then we get on with life and live however we want because you know once saved always saved and on and on and on i mean this is what's happened in america you can talk to 80 to 90 percent according to the polls uh, of, of people in America that claim to be Christians and ask them, for example, what's going on in Israel? What are the historical biblical foundations and context? Is this prophetic at all? 
why is Israel still, why are they even back in the land? I mean, for 2,600 years, there was no Israel. You ask 80 to 90% of Christians in America those kinds of questions, they don't have an answer for you. And neither do most pastors. So, I know you've got a lot of Christians and a lot of pastors that listen to you that have the answers, and they get it. And that's why they listen to you, because they know you get it. And uh, well, people like us. But anyway, go, go ahead, brother. I hear you want to speak, and then I'm going to answer your question. I'm sorry. I had to start it. I had to start it off that way, though. Well, I'm glad you did. I, I was just going to say amen. Um, I... You know, you're, you're everything, absolutely every word that came out of your mouth was golden. It's the truth. And, and, you know, it's just like there's a, there's a group of people that are really, you know, supporting what we do right now, you know, and giving things to the poor, but they don't get it at all. They're, they're perplexed. I started to bring up some of the things with them and, it, and they just don't. And it's a whole huge movement and they're wonderful people, but they just don't get it. Because they're not founded in prophecy, they don't know back history, and it's just incredible. Anyway, well, thank you for being on with me. Go ahead. Oh, my pleasure. Listen, after tonight, <clears throat> excuse me, and you're always good to kind of let me unpack things. After tonight, they will get it, okay? Yeah. And and be, because I'm going to give the entire biblical understanding, and, and it'll be in a synopsis format, but I'm going to go literally and I'm not misusing the word literally I mean literally from Genesis to Revelation and show the audience and a lot of them will know and a lot won't and those that don't I'm not talking down to you I know that some of you are brand new in the word others of you have come out of churches and denominations that have never touched on this stuff and that's not really your fault I mean it's just the American thing for the last 50 60 years so but by the time we're finished, uh, I, I do believe your audience, uh, Pastor Dan, will at least get the great big general umbrella of what in the heck is really happening. Okay? Can I, can I dive into it, brother? Amen. Your program will on. Okay. You're so kind. Well, here's the thing, folks. Let me start with, a, with a, it's anecdotal, but it's biblical. I want to go back to the Gulf War. Uh, Saddam Hussein shooting Scud missiles into Israel. And that was back in the days when cable was brand new. CNN was basically the only cable news network. They basically had a monopoly on it. I mean, the Fox might have been born and new back then. I'm not quite sure. But CNN was going 24-7. All right, so that's the first time just in our lifetime that this kind of new technology had taken hold and the whole world was watching the Gulf War basically unfold live 24-7. Okay, well, that traumatized a lot of people. I mean, we'd never quite seen anything like that. And now we've got a madman, a Muslim Arab madman, who's already been gassing some of his own people in his own nation, who's telling the world that he is the resurrection of Nebuchadnezzar because he's in Iraq. He's right near ancient Babylon, if you will. And so he is... Uh, claiming to the world he's going to rebuild Babylon. He is a resurrected um, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, and he's going to destroy the nation of Israel and those occupiers. And the next thing you know, then he says, I'm going to bring the mother of all wars. So he was really uh, puffed up on himself, completely filled with pride and arrogance and destruction and death 
and and it ju- just th- so we all remember that. And I can remember Pastor Dan when that happened. It was on a Wednesday night when when uh, either that was happening or either when we started retaliating as a nation. I don't quite remember, but I remember it was on a Wednesday night because way back then uh, we, we actually set up a TV in our fellowship hall. And and because people weren't going to come to church on Wednesday night because they thought the world was coming to an end then. It was falling apart and they'd never seen anything like this and they were glued to their TVs. And we said, come up here. Let's watch it together. Then we're going to pray together. We're going to get in the Word together. But when they walked in here, and I was a new pastor there then. I'd not been there too long. Are you there? Yeah, I just said, wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and so, well, I mean, I had been there a little while, but not long. But watch. So they all started asking me, is this prophetic? Is there anything prophetic to this? Um, show us the scripture. And, and I said, guys, and I was very sweet about it, but I was much younger, so I was a lot more black and white than I am now. <laughs> I said, I, I said, guys, I said, you don't, you can't come to the Bible like it's a crystal ball or a Ouija board. And you can't live your life any way you want to live it until something bad happens and then you want to know Show us the scripture that that tells us about this thing, and then tell us what's happening. And and you know, kind of set them back on their heels. And I just said, listen, think biblically. Israel has not been in the land for twenty six hundred years. Yet the Old Testament, over and over and over, God said, "I, the Lord, will bring Israel back. I will get." Gather my people, scatter to the nations, bring them back into the land. I will make a mighty nation out of them, and I will do this so that the nations will know that I am God. It will be my sign to the world that you are in the last days. Now, I'm paraphrasing some of that, but that is the message that's there. Then it talks about an alignment of nations that will begin to form to attack that Israel because the nations as a whole cannot stand that Israel is back in the land. All of this is born in the pits of hell. Satan hates it all. All of it speaks of the downfall of his kingdom. So I told him, so you've got this madman claiming he's Nebuchadnezzar, claiming he's rebuilding Babylon, shooting scud missiles into a 2,600-year-old prophesied return of Israel, God's chosen land, his chosen nation, and by chosen, I don't mean they're all perfect or they're all going to heaven. It's just this is who he chooses to use as a sign to the world. And there they are. He's shooting scuds. He's killing his own people. He's in the heart of Islam, right in Iraq, right in the heart of the Middle East, on the Euphrates River. And you ask me if this is prophetic? I mean, I mean, forget finding a verse. Just read your Bible. Is there a verse that says a man named Saddam Hussein will shoot scuds into Israel? No. But does it speak of these kinds of things happening when Israel returns that shows you it's the last days? Yes. Over and over and over and over. And that's when I started really preaching prophecy in our church. I mean, from that point till now. And and I preach the whole word of God. But, I mean, I really emphasize and I show how the prophetic... It has a line through everything, including the gospel message itself. So, I just want your your audience to understand that first. Now, let me keep my promise. Now, you, you give me a warning when it's time to take a break, okay? What do okay. we have, about five minutes? 
you got at least six minutes right now. Okay, okay, so let me set this up and then tell me to shut up and I will and then we'll come back and finish it out. But here's <laughs> okay. the here's the thing, folks. Here's the thing. Don't let my wife hear you. Don't tell her that I said tell me to shut up and I will, okay? <laughs> okay. But no anyway. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, watch this, folks. Listen. All the way back, I told you literally from Genesis to Revelation. Let me start in the Garden of Eden. All right? Is that far enough back for you? Genesis 3, verse 15. Satan has pulled his lie. He has caused the fall. Adam and Eve are in cohorts with him. They are basically saying, not your will, God, ours. Of course, Jesus reversed that curse in the Garden of Gethsemane when he came, when he said, not my will as a man, but yours. That's why Paul calls him the second Adam. But go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. God calls Satan in front of him and he says, Listen here, big boy. In the future, from the womb of a woman is coming a male child. He will crush your kingdom. He will crush your head. That's your punishment. Satan had to have gone ballistic because God told him how he was going to do it, what he was going to do, and why. But he didn't tell him where, he didn't tell him when, and he didn't give him the details of how. He just said, through the womb of a woman is a baby male, human. You know, these lesser creatures than you, a baby will destroy you. And it's going to come from a woman. Well, Satan has to think to himself, you know, down through the years, there'll be billions of people. They'll be like ants on the face of the earth. And there'll be billions of women giving birth to billions of male children. How am I going to know which one is going to destroy me? So it's driving him crazy. And the rest of the Bible, Pastor Dan, you can see this this being of, of great intelligence but filled with pride and arrogance. He loses his ever-loving mind. He's trying to find the woman that's going to give birth to this male child so he can destroy it. And you see this, and I mean, it goes all the way to God blessing Abraham, saying it's from your seed that this is going to happen. Satan finally says, aha, now I know it's from all of the children and the generations that are coming out of this man, Abraham. God has set him aside. So what's the first thing you read of as you continue through? You don't even get into the book of Exodus until you find out Satan has arranged for the seed of Abraham to be enslaved in Egypt. Well, why is that a big deal? Because Egypt is godless. They worship the Pharaoh. They worship demons. They're into the black magic occult. And so he's got them enslaved there. It took him a while, but he managed to do it. And what's one of the first things he fills Pharaoh's heart to do? Kill all the male Hebrew children. The male, not the females, the male. What's Satan doing? He's looking for that child. So it starts there, but it goes further and deeper right up to where we are now. And the Bible tells us everything about it, what's happening, why it's happening, where it's going. And boy, do I have some stunning connections to share with your audience when we come back from the break. I'm going to hush. I know we got to go to break, but you might have some things you won't want to say. But when we come back, brother, I'm going to, I'm going to share some things that... I would imagine most of your audience probably has not heard, or if they have, they hadn't thought about it in a long, long time. Yeah, this is going to, folks, you better stay tuned. This is going to be good. But you finished 
quicker than I thought you would. I mean, oh, I'm not we, finished, brother. Oh, I'm go not ahead. Finished. Well, we got about two or three minutes left. Oh, but, okay. you can use that however you want, but in the okay. end of that, you need to tell them where to find you. But you got about three minutes. Okay. Well, I'll just tell people right now where to find me, so you can tell me to shut up in a minute. Uh, I'm, I'm at Car- I'm at carlgallops.com. C A R L G A L L U P S. I've been a pastor 37 years. I was in law enforcement for 10 years before that, almost 10 years. You heard Pastor Dan talking about that. That's who I am. My heart is in the Word. It's in the Gospel. I do missions and ministry all over the world. Written all these books. Do a lot of media. And Pastor Dan was the first person. Who ever put me on the radio to talk about a book that I had written a dozen years ago or so? But anyway, Carl Gallup. That was one of the. Go ahead, CarlGallup.com, folks. That was one of the smartest things I ever did was having you on that program. Thank you, WorldNet Daily, at the time. But. uh, yeah, at the time, WND Books was a big deal. Uh, uh, Bill O'Reilly had his first books published by WND, senators, congressmen, ambassadors, you know, so I was honored to be a part of that group. Uh, they're hardly even around anymore right now. But no, that was not the smartest thing you did. That was the smartest thing I did, brother. Okay? Oh. I went on your show and developed a friendship with you. Well, amen. I appreciate the friendship. But I'll tell you something. I know with all this going on, that means your trip's canceled next month. Yes, yes. Zev Perat, we'll talk about him. I'm in touch with him every day. Uh, He and I had a couple of buses filled again. That's the third time we've tried to get a couple of busfuls of people over there to take them on this tour. First time it was canceled was COVID. Then we lined up a 2021 visit because the Israeli government told us that they would open it back up and then when we got two buses filled it wasn't just us it was people all over the world but they shut it down again and 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 because they said it's still not over so that was two times in a row then this time we said well surely in fall of 2023 we can make this work we filled up two more buses and then this goes on but you know the tour is the least of our concerns but you you asked so thank you and so yeah yeah, we're, we're willing yeah. Well, but we talked was. about it a lot on here yes. about the coming tour, and and two that leads me to be able to say then Zeb's all right. He is. He and his wife so far, and I've got. To, well, let me say before we go to break, what do we got? About a minute. I can tell you that he's out all the time. He's safe. I, I'm not going to say over the radio how he takes care of his safety, but he is safe uh, as as one can be. He ministers food, clothing. A lot of people are hurting. Close, stores are closed. Gas stations are down. A lot of bombing infrastructure been destroyed. He had a church member. He pastors house churches all over Israel. He had a church member they could not find. They feared him dead. They feared him kidnapped. They finally found him in an Israeli hospital, shell-shocked, wounded badly in the first barrage. He is alive. He is expected to live, but it's going to be a long recovery. But they did find him. And it just on. he told me in his neighborhood, the atrocities he has witnessed with his own eyes is the same kind of stuff you're hearing on the news, the same kind of stuff you opened with in your opening wow. monologue. That's what they've been looking at in the streets in front of their house, brother. Well, we got to go. Okay, hey, folks, find him at, at carlgallops.com, carlgallops.com, or if you listen to this program when it's in the archives, then there will be a link directly to his site. We'll be back. Behold, we come, riding on the clouds, shining. 
Pastor Dan will be right back. Whether you are pre-trib, mid-trib, or pre-wrath, or post-trib, whatever your position is, this book will help you to find the truth. If you really look for the truth about the rapture, I honestly believe you will find it in this book. It will settle in your spirit because the truth is the Holy Spirit knows the truth about the rapture. And one of the reasons that the people other than post-trib can't seem to find peace about this is because the Holy Spirit is trying to tell them that they don't have the truth. That is, until they find post-trib. But either way, this is going to help you to find the peace about the rapture. I really recommend you get it. We offer them in shrink-wrap sets of 10. One for 20, 10 for 30, and 20 for 50 at prophecyclub.com. One for 20, but don't do that. 10 for 30, 20 for 50, give you extras to give to your friend. Because once you read this one, you're going to be handing this to your pastors, to all of your Christian friends, and just ask them to read it. If they get through the first chapter, they're going to read the whole book, and they're going to love it, and it's going to help them to really find the truth about the rapture. How Pre-Trib 1 at prophecyclub.com. In this time of the social and spiritual breakdown of America and the world, in these prophetic end times, God is calling multitudes of Christians to the Ozarks and other safe havens around the world to survive so they can spread the gospel. The Ark Haven Intentional Neighbors Vision is to prepare Christians physically, mentally, and spiritually for these end times. Thousands are coming to the Ozark Mountains in Arkansas and Missouri, where even the CIA says it's one of the safest places on earth. The Intentional Neighbors concept allows Christian neighbors to own adjacent land to each other so they can aid and help each other. The community is exploding with nurses, a doctor, and other professionals as well as many others. If you cannot afford to buy a house, you can rent a house. Call 479-502-1789. That's 479-502-1789. Or visit arkhaven.org. That's arkhaven.org. Tell them Pastor Dan sent you. back. This is Pastor Dan Catlin. You're listening to Messiah's Ranch Prophecy Hour on the American Voice Radio Network. And we'll be back with Pastor Carl in just a minute. Just give me a second here. Um, folks, I want to point out to you, if you want to follow this conflict, I, I at prophecyhour.com there's a link that says categories. And if you hit the categories, there's one, it'll be a drop-down menu. Hit Israel. You'll find all the articles that I have posted about this ongoing thing. And we'll keep posting to keep you informed. So go over there and check it out if you want to keep up with what the latest is that's going on. ProphecyHour.com, Categories, Israel. And you'll find it. Of course, if you just go to ProphecyHour.com, all of them will be there, but they'll be mixed in with everything. Especially like today. I sent out a link. Literally, you're going to think this is crazy, folks. They at, at Fox News, they actually have a film that really does look like big. Bigfoot that somebody took from a train in Colorado is crazy. Anyway, but pray about supporting what we do. All donations, no matter what size, helps. And the Father notices all donations that come from where? 
your heart, of course. If you don't wish to help with the poor, consider a donation for Radio Airtime. You can donate online, cash out, mail a check or money order, you know, all the normal things. Find it all where? ProphecyHour.com or simply call me. And now we're back with Pastor Carl. Are you still with me? Yes, yes, sir, I am. You want me to just keep going now? Yeah, amen, please. Okay, okay, thank you. Yeah, I've got a lot to share, so I'm looking forward to it. And I think this will help your audience uh, tremendously. Uh, and, and for those that already know it, it will be a, a good reminder and, and give them something to chew on. All right, so here we go. So I started in the Garden of Eden. I showed you how Satan got furious with this idea of a woman giving birth to to a male child that was going to destroy his kingdom. And then I showed you how he basically found out, as, as, as he can do, he, you know, he's, he's not God, but, but, and he's not omnipresent, but he's got a demonic horde. He is interdimensional. He is way smarter than we are. He eventually figures out where God has promised Abraham from his seed the people would come who would bless the whole world. Well, how's he going to bless the whole world? Well, through the Messiah, through the Word of God, the prophecies of God, the prophets of God, uh, the Messiah of God, the church would be born, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Israel would come out of them. Well, now, all through the Old Testament, Israel, God calls Israel things like the olive tree, or, or, or um, uh, he calls it his bride, uh, the woman, uh, all, all of these things. All right, now watch. So, it, so Satan sees this. So he knows he's got to attack the seed. Well, one of the first things we read in the Bible, as I said, was he he winds, he gets them through a bunch of intrigue, and the Bible talks all about it. Gets the children of Israel, the children of of Jacob. Uh, he's the guy whose name was turned to Israel. The the seed of of Abraham, the the granddaddy of them all. He gets them in slavery in Egypt. And there he fills this Pharaoh to desire to kill all the male, not female, the male children among the Hebrews. This is Satan looking for that male seed coming from the woman, coming from the line of Abraham. He's trying to kill them. All right, well, we go through that. We discover the whole Passover event through the blood of the Lamb, going through the door with the blood in the shape of the cross, eating the meal of the the male lamb that's sacrificed. They come out of of Israel, I mean out of Egypt. They go into the wilderness. They're, They're headed to the promised land. But they're in the wilderness for 40 years. So what does Satan entice the nations to do? To go out into the wilderness and to destroy all the Jews. And over and over we read about the nations forming alliances to come out into the wilderness, attack the Jewish people, and kill them all. And they're never successful. They cannot do it. God intervenes over and over and over. And they cannot do it. In the meantime, 40 years passes, and they cross the Jordan River. They go into the Promised Land. And all of this is in the Bible. It's in historical sources. But they go into the Promised Land. Eventually, they're able to settle by tribes. They're Jews and Gentiles together. Exodus 12 says it. 600 and something thousand fighting men of the Israelis came out, of the Jews came out of Egypt. That doesn't count the women and children, the Bible says, plus an an innumerable uh, uh, horde, mass of people from the nations came out with them. Those are Gentiles. Jews and Gentiles formed the first nation of Israel. Just like the church in Ephesians 2, Apostle Paul, who wrote half the New Testament, the most famous rabbi in the world, Jewish rabbi, 
he says that Jews and Gentiles under the same blood are, quote, the true children of Abraham. The true Israel and, quote, the true temple of the last days. Paul says all that, not crazy Carl Gallops. The apostle <laughs> Paul says that. So this comes from all of this understanding of what has happened with them in the wilderness. And, and, and Satan wants those Jews dead. He wants them all dead. He wanted a holocaust in the wilderness. And it didn't come about. That's what the whole Balaam thing is about. When, he's, when they're approaching that part of, of getting ready to go into the promised land, they get Balaam, put a curse on Israel. It won't happen. It doesn't happen. God doesn't allow it. They finally go into the promised land. They set up their nation. And their first king is Saul. First they have a system of judges and all that's in, in, in the book of Judges. But then their first king is Saul. He, does, he turns out to be a loser. And then comes David. He is this mighty king who does so many wonderful things. He's a human, so he has faults, of course. But then he, his son Solomon, builds the temple. By that time, by the end of David's kingdom and the beginning of Solomon's, Israel is huge. It is a superpower. The, the, the temple is going to be built. The priesthood will finally fulfill its full desire of God's heart. And David started it. Solomon will complete it. Solomon will complete it. For 40 years, Solomon rules. It's the most powerful nation in that whole area of the world. And, th and there they are until Solomon dies and there's a civil war. And the north and the south, it literally is the northern kingdom against the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom is, and then, and then they're separated. And, and, and so you got ten tribes of the north. It's called, it's called, um, it's called Ju Israel with the capital at Samaria. The southern kingdom is called Judah with the capital at Jerusalem. The ten, the ten tribes of the north eventually get taken into captivity because the Assyrian Empire, Satan has raised them up to get those Israelites. If we can't kill them all, we can take them into captivity. We can disperse them to the four corners of the earth where they can intermarry, they can intermix, intermingle, and somehow Satan's thinking, I can stop this coming child. In the meantime, the southern kingdom is still alive and vibrant. They've got most of their kings are pretty good, and so God is still blessing them. But eventually, they have a succession of wicked kings. Wicked things happen. They start building altars to Baal in the high places, even on the Mount of Olives. A bunch of pagan goddesses and I mean gods are in altars are built, and so God takes His hand off of them. And Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian Empire, which is now the center of world attention, they breach the walls. They come in. They carry off the people of Israel into captivity, focusing especially on the male children. We've heard of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and those are represent all the tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of male kids, most of them put to death, many of them turned, taken into the service of the king, and, 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 and Nebuchadnezzar is going to make uh, pagans out of them. And we read about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. By the way, those are the uh, Babylonian names, except for Daniel. Um, and they're trying to turn them into pagans. And then they resist. And we find out about the lion's den and the fiery furnace. And on and on and on it goes as these king, Satan tries to get these kingdoms, trying to, to break up the Jewish people, to make them not the Jewish people, to destroy male children, to warp their minds, to turn them away from God. Everything he can do to try to get those Jews out of 
the process of destroying his kingdom. The next thing we read about in the Bible and in history, the Persian Empire. Now, here's where it comes up to our day. The Persian Empire. Until 1935, Persia was listed on every map and in every textbook as what we now know as Iran. It, 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 in 1935, they finally changed the name to what we now know as Iran. Prior to that, it was always called Persia, which means in Ezekiel 38, when it talks about Persia joining with Beth Togarma, that's Turkey, and, and Gog and Magog, more than likely that's the Asian nations and Russia, maybe China. And, you know, scholars have different opinions, but it certainly is this alliance that we're watching right now. Iran and North Korea and China and Russia and Turkey and the Muslim states and along the Euphrates. All of these folks are joining one way or the other in deep alliance of hatred for Israel. So here's Persia. We read in the book of Esther that a top official of King Xerxes, Haman, decides, well, he gets uh, uh, insulted by a Jewish man. He hates the Jews. He decides he's going to get the king to sign a decree not to kill the boy Jews, not to kill the girl Jews, to kill all the Jews in Persia. Persia is the empire made up of 127 nations. It's the largest empire the world had ever seen up until that day, and one of the largest the world has ever seen. And Haman is right up next to King Xerxes. But what Haman doesn't know, and what Xerxes doesn't even know, is the woman that Haman is married to is Jewish. Okay, that's Hadassah, or Esther as she's known in Persia at that time. Haman's making these plans to kill all the Jews. Well, Esther finds out about it from her uncle Mordecai, and she finally goes before the king and exposes Haman for the dastardly dude that he is. And and Xerxes uh, basically is filled with rage and, and has Haman killed. Now, most of us know all of that, but here's what we might not know. The word Haman is found in the Old Testament, only in the book of Esther. It's found 53 times. The word Haman in Hebrew, and you can look it up on BibleHub.com and Interlinear Bible and Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. Haman is a pronoun or a name of a person, but it's also a Hebrew verb form, which means to rage or to be turbulent, to be violent, okay? Haman, all right? He wants all the Jews killed. But watch, here's what a lot of people don't know. The word Hamas is a Hebrew word. It's in the Bible over 60 times throughout the Old Testament. The first time it's used, it's used in Genesis chapter 6. What does Hamas mean? In fact, if you're going to speak it in Hebrew, you'd have to put the guttural stop. Instead of spelling it H-A-M-A-S, it would be C-H-A-M-A-S. Hamas. Hamas. That's how you would say it in Hebrew. It means cruelty or violence. And the first time you hear it is in Genesis 6, verse 11. The sons of God came unto the daughters of men, had children by them, and there were giants in the land. And violence, cruelty filled the land. And God said, it's done. 
I'm done with it. And I'm paraphrasing. He pushed the reset button. The word is Hamas in Hebrew. So Haman and Hamas fit together. Now, we come to our day. March the 3rd, 2015. 2011, we've had Arab Spring. Benjamin Netanyahu was the Prime Minister of Israel during Arab Spring. He screamed at America, screamed at Congress, screamed at, 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 at Obama. What are you doing? Because the New York Times wrote about Obama and Hillary being kind of, if they weren't the architects of Arab Spring, they certainly were the foundation of, of pushing it along. And, and the New York Times was applauding them because they loved Obama and Hillary. And, and they had the world convinced that what they were doing were deposing these dictators and they were going to put Muslim caliphates in their place. And, and then everybody would be at peace with each other. Okay? So that was happening. Well, uh, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu started screaming at our government saying, wait a minute, you're doing nothing but emboldening Iran. You are emboldening them. You're putting Islamic caliphates. We will be surrounded by enemies. And Iran will be in charge. And this is the ancient nation of Persia. Where Haman wanted to kill us all. And he said, you're now paving the way for it. So by 2015, March of 2015, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu had been trying to get an audience with Obama. And Obama kept refusing. Wouldn't talk to him. Listen, Biden wouldn't talk to him to uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. Biden wouldn't even have him in the White House. And Biden was Obama's vice president. These people hate Israel. They hate uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. Now he's back in office. They hate that. And so, but what happened in March the 15 is John, the House Speaker, invited Benjamin Netanyahu to Congress, to a majority rule Republican Congress, and Netanyahu came. And he came during the Feast of Purim, which is the celebration of the book of Esther, how God used this godly woman to deliver all of the Jews from being killed, to deliver them from that. And so, in March the 3rd, 2015, Benjamin Netanyahu is standing in Congress of the largest Christian nation on the planet, the most powerful, the most wealthy nation that the world has ever seen. And its king, Obama, won't even speak to the king of Israel. And But he is telling them, listen, I'm here during Purim. I am here during the book of Esther. This is what we celebrate. And now, while I'm here, your president is talking about the Iran nuclear accords where he's going to release a hundred something billion dollars some, some accounts said 150 but most fact, fact checkers said it was closer to 75 to 100 billion, doesn't matter these were funds that had been frozen because Iran had been trying to build nukes and they've been telling the world when we build it we're going to destroy all the Jews that Haman spirit is still in Iran and Netanyahu knew it. And he was telling everybody, please stop this, please stop this. Well, that was March the 3rd, 2015. He left, Obama, uh, 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 Netanyahu went back to Israel. Obama mocked him, called him an idiot or something like that, put a, a curse word to it, a, a D-idiot yeah. or, or something like that. I don't have the article right in front of me, but this was all in the news. 
churches, godly people, Christians, Billy Graham and all those people were just blown away. They said, oh my gosh, he just cursed, cursed the king of Israel. They, they didn't call him king, the prime minister. Oh my gosh, who you curse, I will curse. Who you bless, I will bless. Whoever blesses you, I will bless. And so they're quoting this. That actually happened, but get this. That was March. Well, Obama told America and told Netanyahu after he called him an idiot. He says, I am going to sign this accord and I will have it done before March 31st. Well, March 30th came, nothing. March 31st, nothing. But Obama was in meeting with this huge symposium of other nations that were uh, putting this accord together. On April the 2nd, in other words, Obama delayed it. He had promised he would do it by, by March 31st. On April the 2nd, 2015, Obama announced to the world that he had released all of those funds back to Iran. That's what Netanyahu said. If you do that, they will use that to finance terrorist groups and nuclear weapons, and they will drive us into the sea. Here's the deal. April the 2nd, brother, I hope you're sitting down, 2015 on the Hebrew calendar is the 13th day of Nisan. In the last words of chapter 3 of the book of Esther, Haman, on the 13th of Nisan, he announced to the whole kingdom with, with Xerxes' permission that all the Jews would be killed on the 13th of Adar, which was 11 months later. But he announced to the whole kingdom, get ready, we're going to kill. We're going to have a holocaust. We're going to kill every single Jew in Persia. Or let me use the modern word, in Iran. And the 127... It took that it that it was a part of. And by then, back by, by the way, in, in Persia, back then, what we now know as Israel, that was a part of the Persian Empire. So all the Jews in Israel, we're going to call it, it wasn't called that then, but, excuse me, because Israel was gone, thanks to Nebuchadnezzar, but that was still there. And and Haman says, he, he, he it convinced Xerxes to do it, and it, and it was announced. On the same day Obama announced, we're going to give this money back to Iran. We don't care what Netanyahu or those Jews want. On the same day, and the Bible actually says the 13th of Nisan. And you can, your listeners can put in uh, April 2nd, 2015 and say what date was that on the Hebrew calendar. And it will kick it back 13th of Nisan. So the coincidence here, brother. Now we come up to our day. What do we see? Hamas attacking Israel with the Haman spirit to start another... Uh, bloodbath, Nazi holocaust, raping and killing girls and women and taking babies and butchering them and tearing up families, going neighborhood to neighborhood, just wreaking havoc and bringing hell upon the people of Israel. A 2,600-year-old prophetically, miraculously returned to Israel. And God's been telling us all since the beginning, when I bring Israel back, the world will know they are in the last days. And the world will see me do something. Listen, they're the only nation that's ever been there with borders, with a military, with money, with currency, with kings, with a government, with 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 a flag. With They're the only nation ever 
They were the superpower of that area. All the other people that lived there were tribes, and they belonged basically to the nation of Egypt. But Egypt did not, it was just an outlying uh, tribal area that they controlled. Israel is the only nation that lived there because God said that's the way it was going to be. And so there they are. Now here we are in 2023, the spirit of Haman coming right out of Iran, working through Hamas from Genesis 6, 11. Hamas working through the cruelty and violence and then the spirit of Haman to rage, to be turbulently filled with violence and cruelty. Those words go all the way back. And I'm telling you, by the time we get to the book of Revelation, we read chapter 12 right in the middle. And the synopsis, we're running out of time, the synopsis is, in the very last day, God says, Woe unto you, earth. Satan has been thrown down. He's filled with rage because he knows his time is short. Jesus is on his way back. And then he says, But they, the children of God, overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. But chapter 12 ends, right before the Antichrist revelation, ends by saying, And Satan went off to make war with the woman that gave birth to the child that will rule the nations. Well, that woman's Israel. Satan's making war with Israel. But when John wrote that, there was no Israel. Well, it's there now, and look what's happening. And then it says, and he makes war against the people who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Brother, that is the church. And I'm not talking about denominations and buildings. I'm talking about born-again Believers in Jesus Christ as Messiah. We're watching that happen. Brother, the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation tells us everything. We should not wake up and see this going on and saying, I don't get it. What is this? Why does the whole world seem to hate the Jews? It's demonic. It's satanic. God told us it would be this way. The nations of Ezekiel 38 are beginning to align. We're watching it happen. I don't set dates. I'm telling God, Mow the grass, pay the bills, educate your children, enjoy life. But keep your head on your shoulders, stay in prayer, stay in the Word, and use this time to win people to Jesus Christ. Because we are living in the most prophetic time since the first coming of Jesus Christ. I could talk for hours more, but we're out of time. Did that make sense, brother? Well, it made a lot of sense. Um, Yeah, there's a lot I could address in that for you or to you about it but you did it perfectly I mean you know I I just if we had a couple more hours you know I'd, I'd love for you to keep talking because you connected all the dots and you know they wonder about you think that Hamas is not driven by saying come on that one line even if it wasn't Israelis look he's always wanted to kill children what did he do he just now massacred children that's the spirit of the Antichrist any way you look at it well, Carl, I really appreciate you being on. Tell them one more time where they can find you, and we'll talk again, brother. Okay, I will. CarlGallops.com. And if you want to, not telling you how to run your show, but if you, when you have me back, if you do, if people don't hate this so much, they tell you not to have me back anymore, <laughs> um, I, I will come back, and we can talk about what people say about well Israel that was just that was done by the UN that's not God that was uh, Gentiles brought them there that was not a supernatural thing and look 
Look how small the land is. It's not even the same same size as the original yeah. Israel. That's a fake Israel. Those are fake Jews. I would love to address those on your show because everything that I just said or is said all over the internet is demonic, is satanic, it's a lie, and the Bible addresses every single one of those. Okay, here's what I'll do real quick. I'm going to send you an email and see if you got if your schedule's free next week. Okay. Uh, okay. Yes, my I'll offices connect. will not. Oh, I, I think it is. Well, I'll find out. I'll send you an email. We'll get it done quick because I want to hear that. I want the people to hear that. They okay. need to hear that. Okay, I really got to go. Bye bye. I love you, brother. Okay. Bye bye. Love you too. Okay, folks, I got to get out of here. But that was Pastor Carl Gallup, and that was dynamite. You need to go back and listen to what he says. I don't know how you can re- read the Bible and not understand what he's saying. Anyway, folks, pray about supporting the Wichita Mission Church. We really do need your help. Donate online, catch up, check your money, order, all those normal things. Please, we do really need your help. But remember, there is only one true God. He is your father. He is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. His son is Yeshua HaMashiach. He gave his life for repentant sins, and he rose after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And through him, and only, only through him, is the way to the Father. Remember, always, always, always be a blessing to others. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, because that's praying for Yeshua's return. There will never be any real peace until he does. Lord our God, Father, 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 please, please, I ask in Yeshua HaMashiach's mighty name, that, Father, you would please bless and keep them, and that your face would shine upon them, and that you would be gracious to them, and give them peace like no one or nothing else can. Until next Thursday, this is Pastor Dan saying goodbye and shalom. Y'all be blessed. You've just heard the Messiah's Branch broadcast featuring Pastor Dan. To contact Dan on the Internet, go to messiahsbranch.org. To write to Dan, send a note to Messiah's Branch, 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Tune in next time for Messiah's Branch.